Father, we love you. We thank you so much for your word. We thank you for the people in this room, God. They mean so much. People are watching online. Father, I just pray that you would just touch our lives today, that you would speak to our hearts. God, thank you for the beautiful time of worship. God, what a, what a, what a wonderful, wonderful, um, God, time of worship. Not only the praise team ministering up here, but God, uh, uh, the congregation joined in, God, in worshiping and singing and, 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 and worshiping uh, the living God. And Father, I just pray right now, I pray for world conditions, God. Lord, I pray for, uh, God, the end of the year and the coming of a new year, God. I pray for our country. Pray for Israel right now. God, pray for uh, the world situation, God. We know that you are in control. We know that you are, um, God, that none of this catches you off guard. In fact, when you read the Bible, God, all the things that were prophesied were right on schedule with the way that you said things would be, God. And Lord, it's time for the church to get serious. It's time for the church to wake up. It's time for the church to mobilize and the remnant, God, and to, and to, and to, and to choose you this day whom we're going to serve, God. To get all in, God, all in, God, and to give our lives for the cause of this thing. You're coming as soon, God. God, and we want to point as many people as we possibly can to the living God before you come. And Lord, today is a message that I just pray that you would help me. I don't want to preach it, God, out of what sounds like anger or, or, or God, anything else out of my human emotions. I want it to be nothing more than the, the Spirit of God. Lord, just like uh, when Jonathan Edwards preached sinners in the hands of an angry God, or Lord, when uh, God, uh, uh, others like Finney and Wesley and, 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 and Spurgeons and others got up and they preached, God, and, and the Holy Spirit. Just, uh, just came into a room and caused people to believe and to hear and to receive the Word of God. And Lord, I just pray that you would prepare hearts and open ears and, and, and just help us to hear and receive what the Spirit is saying to the church today, God. I can't do that, but you can. And Lord, you, uh, you, your, your Word and the Gospel still has power to reach hearts and lives of mankind. And Father, we're either going to spend eternity in one of two places. And Father, we want to make sure that we are absolutely ready and assured of that, Father. I didn't write this book. I didn't say it. I didn't create those places. You did. It's your plan. And God, uh, you're, you're, you're a man of your word. You never lie. And uh, Lord, so I, I stand in line and believe what, you're, what the scripture says. So Lord, help us to do our best to preach that today and let the Holy Spirit just add, um, add, add the blessing on top of it, Lord, and cause people to hear and live. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hallelujah. Can continue to pray for our missions trip. We're continuing to get ready for that too in March. So keep praying for that as well. We preached a couple of weeks ago on what is the judgment going to be like. We talked about the judgment seat. Whether we know it or not, we all are going to stand before the judgment seat. It's appointed unto man once to die and what? After that, the judgment. Once to die and then the judgment. There's not this thing called annihilation that we've so conveniently created. Today's going to be a refutation of that because sadly that used to only be cults that believed that. But now sadly it's made its way into into mainline Christianity and it's just absolutely a false doctrine. And we are going to totally refute that that, that false doctrine of annihilation. It's just not, uh, you might wish it were so, but it doesn't make it so just because you wish it were so. And so... uh, 
It's appointed unto man once to die, and after that, he's going to stand before the judge of all the universe, and, uh, and he's going to uh, give an account, he or she. And so we talked about that. We talked about, and after that, there's two destinations of where we would spend eternity, either in heaven or hell. And so we, uh, we're, today we're going to talk about what will hell be like. What will hell be like? In another week or so, we'll talk about what will heaven be like. If you got your Bibles, turn with me to Luke 16, 19. And I think we ought to really be thinking about these things because uh, I did a funeral just, it seemed like every week I'm getting called to do a funeral. I did a funeral this week of a 44-year-old uh, young lady. Uh, and, uh, and, and, and what, despite what the, what the good time prophets are saying right now in the pulpits of America, you ought to turn them off because that's not what I see with the, when I read this Bible and I study history. I see storm clouds gathering, and they are dark, and they are ominous. And, and, and just get ready and buckle up because 2024, is it, we are headed into some dark. Folks, they, they are kicking in doors in Grand Central Station trying to get inside of there. You have got demonstrations going on for miles and miles and miles in places like London where the enemy is inside the wall of our country and inside the walls of other countries just 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 under demonic influences and power that is just just with a hatred a hatred toward the things of God and the ways of God and I'm telling you you can feel it seething you can see it and and you can duck your head in the sand and wish it would go away but that is the truth of where we are right now and I'm telling you what it's time if there ever was time to get into this book and be a follower of the word of God amen and to seek the Lord and find Him now, uh, because it is it, we are living in. It, surely we are living in prophetic times. We are living in the days that were written about. And I'm telling you right now, uh, things are going to get really interesting from here on out on the face of the earth. Amen. So what will hell be like? Luke 16:19. We're going to read down to 31. Let's look at these look, look at these verses together. There was a rich man who would dress in purple. It, 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 a lot of people think this is a parable, but it doesn't read like a parable. So I, I don't think that it is. Uh, and so uh, there was a, a rich man who would dress in purple and fine linen, feasting lavishly every day. But a poor man named Lazarus was covered with sores and was lying at his gate. He longed to be filled with what fell from the rich man's table, but instead the dogs would come and lick his sores. One day the poor man died and was carried away by the angels to Abraham's side. The rich man also died and was buried. And being in torment in Hades, he looked up and saw Abraham a long way off with Lazarus at his side. Father Abraham, he called out, have mercy on me and send Lazarus to dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue because I'm in agony in this flame. Son, Abraham said, remember that during your life you received your good things just as Lazarus received bad things. But now he is comforted here while you are, uh, are, are in, uh, while you are, what, what scripture was that? 26, let me make sure it was off the screen. Uh, da, 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 da. Besides all this, a great 
chasm. Son Abraham said, remember that during your lifetime you received your good things just as Lazarus received his bad things. But now he is comforted here while you are in agony. Besides all of this, a great chasm has been fixed between us and you so that those who want to pass over from here to you cannot. Neither can those from uh, there cross over to us. Father, he said, then I beg you to send him to my father's house. Because I have five brothers to warn them so that they won't also come to this place of torment. But Abraham said, they have Moses and the prophets. They should listen to them. No, Father Abraham, he said. But if someone from the dead goes to them, then they will repent. But he told them, if they don't listen to Moses and the prophets, they will not be persuaded even if someone rises from the dead. And we know today someone has risen from the dead and still the world is not persuaded. Amen. Jesus gives us a glimpse in this passage. And how many know, I don't know, I mean, all the words of God are, 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 are weighty and truth, right? They're all absolute truth. But I, I don't know, there's just something about those red letter words and the words of Jesus. They just feel like they hold just, just some significance, right? They're literally right out of the mouth of Jesus. And Jesus here gives us a glimpse of hell. He tells us that these, are, these words just, I believe, have special significance. And our passage... The passage here that we just read is about two people. It's about two people there that, that die. Two people that are living and then two people that wind up dying. And the Bible tells us there that, uh, again, that we're reminded that we all, as we mentioned a couple of weeks ago, that we're all going to die. This is a place we're all going to, to, to come to. Hebrews 9.27 says, and it is appointed unto man, or, the, or people once to die, and after this the judgment. Now one of the people died and went to heaven and another one of them died the Bible says and they went to a place called hell or Hades in some of your Bibles uh, the Greek word literally means of Hades literally means hell and in Hades there was two compartments there uh, paradise and a, pla- and a place of punishment that's what you had if you remember uh, uh, the thief on the cross you remember today you will be with me in paradise right remember those words so we have these words that, that are interchangeable but Hades has two compartments uh, being there, as we mentioned, paradise and a place of punishment. There's, there's three Greek words in the New Testament that, that uh, we get hell translates to. Number one is Hades, which is what I just mentioned. Another one is Gehenna, which is referred to as fire. It's found 12 times in the New Testament. Then there's another word that is rarely mentioned, I think only one time, and it's the word Tartarus, and it's found in 2 Timothy. Peter 2 and 4. It's a place where the fallen angels have been reserved for. Listen to what he says. If God spared not the angels that sinned, but he cast them down into hell or Tartarus. That's what Peter tells us in in the book of Peter. In other words, it's a place of outer darkness. It's a place of weeping. It's a place of wailing. It's a place of gnashing of teeth. So the Bible here is telling us that we have two eternal destinies. You'll go to one or the other when you die. First, you'll stand before the judgment seat of God and face your maker. But Matthew 25, 46 alludes to these two places when it says, The unsaved go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. Now that word punishment, the leading Greek scholars tell us, it means not just a word meaning punishment as past tense, but it's actually a word meaning punishing. In other words, it continues to go on. 
Not just you were punished, but it is a place where you are continuing to be punished. C.T. Studd said it like this. Only one life will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. Amen? And that's a very true statement. It really, the more I see people dying and the more I do funerals, it really, it really, what you've done here really, really does not matter that much in the grand scheme of things, right? I mean, they, they just move your junk off the cubicle and put somebody else in there, right? They just take Brad and put me away and put Daniel or somebody else up here, right? I mean, li- literally, folks, we think we're all that. And then you come to the end of your life and you find out, hey, we lived a few years and then we die, right? I mean, we're like a vapor. We're here for a moment. We, we work hard. We do these things. We, try, we build these little stick houses and drive these little cars. But in the end, we go into the ground and they stay here and somebody else takes them and continues on with them, right? So someone here says, well, I believe in heaven, but I don't believe in hell. Well, here's the problem. You can't have one without the other. The two go hand in hand. Today, we're, the only place where you find out about heaven is the Word of God, and that's the place where we find out about hell. So our place where we're coming today is the Word of God, and you can't take one away and leave the other and vice versa. And in fact, it speaks more, I think, on hell than it does on heaven in the Word of God. So the only source for believing in heaven is the Bible, which teaches both things. It teaches both heaven and it it teaches both hell. So that's our source for believing today. Uh, Here, another person says, well, I believe in hell, hell on earth. Well, that, 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 uh, we're not given the luxury of choosing what we hope is true. We're not given the luxury of choosing what we hope is true. That's more of a partly of a Mormon teaching and some other teachings that are all mixed up and convoluted. God will sometimes give to the believer a little bit of heaven to go into heaven with or a little bit of hell. But, it, but, but I, got, I got news for you. You ain't seen nothing yet. If you think you've seen a little bit of hell, you ain't seen nothing yet. Right? Hell is so terrible that Jesus said it like this. He said in Mark 9, 43, If your hand offends you, cut it off. It would be better to go through life maimed than to go to hell or Gehenna where the worm does not die nor the, nor the fire is quenched. Now this is a pra- what's called a pragmatic metaphor. He's not telling you to literally go cut your hand off like some people have done or literally go pluck out your eye. But what he's saying is though it costs you everything, avoid going to hell. Though it cost you everything, though it cost you doing without cable, though it cost you giving up the cell phone, though it cost you changing jobs because you can't keep your hands off the secretary, though it cost you everything, cut your arm off if you have to, because it would be better to go through life maimed than to wind up in hell. Amen? You say, well, what will it cost me? It may cost you your friends. It may cost you your reputation. You may be accused of losing your mind when you follow this book. You will be laughed at, especially now. You will be persecuted. Look, Saul of Tarsus was one of the biggest persecutors of the church. And then he wound up being probably the most persecuted of all the church. 
And that could happen to us when you, when, you, when you come to this. So I want to talk about five things today to help us understand what hell is and what hell is like. Daniel preached a few months ago or a couple months ago about this very subject and did a phenomenal job. And I just want to kind of come in and do the same thing and just to remind you. Hell, is, is, number one, is a place. Five things. The first of all, hell is a place. It is a literal place. It's not a figment of your mind. It's not a state of mind. It's not just consciousness or this or that. It is a literal place. And we see that in this story. And we see it in the Word of God else places. It's just like heaven is a place. Hell is a place. Look at what John 14.3 says. I go to prepare, talking about heaven, a place. I'm going to prepare a literal place for you. Revelation 21.2, I, John, saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down to God out of heaven. It's coming down. We're going to see that come down to earth and be suspended there between heaven and earth. We see it in the book of Revelation. Heaven is a place. Hell is a place. And we know the fact that hell was created for, most of all, for the devil and his angels. How do you know that Matthew 25 41 says then he will say to those on his left hand depart from me you cursed into eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels that's what he prepared it for he, he prepared it for the devil and for those that fell with Lucifer the demonic powers that are on this earth speaking of that man there are demonic powers everywhere and I'm going to tell you what, the great deception is here. And if you don't want to be deceived, you need to be in this right here. They're coming with everything. Aliens, you want me to tell you what aliens are? They're demons. They're demons. You want me to tell you what your little Halloween ghosts are? They're demons. There's good and there's evil. There's good. There's angels out there that are bidding and warring for God. And there is demonic presence and things that are. There is no yin and yang and good magic and bad magic. All that's a farce, man. There is good and evil. There is God and Satan. And I'm telling you what, there is this war. And if you want to know what you're fighting, you're fighting principalities and powers and rulers of the darkness. And folks, I'm telling you, there's such lies out there. There's such deception. There's such foolishness that is going on when. God has given us all the answers in this book. And I'm telling you something. God is a, has prepared a place. It's a physical place. It's a literal place. It's prepared for uh, Satan and his angels. But it, it's, it's God's idea. Hell is God's idea. It's God's idea. Right? God's in control. He created. The German philosopher uh, Ludwig uh, uh, Feuerbach, he was the modern father of atheism. And here's what he had to say. He's so smart. God is man's projection upon the backdrop of the universe. In other words, what he is saying is, he's saying we want to believe there is a God. Uh, he's, he, he's saying we want to believe there is a God who will look after us so we imagine it. I got news for you. No human would have imagined hell. If I'm going to create an imagination on the backdrop of the universe and I'm going to call it God, I'm not going to create then out of my mind, I'm not going to create then a place called hell. 
William Booth said it like this, the founder of the Salvation Army, he, to his first graduating class of the Salvation Army. Listen to what he says. Uh, he said, maybe I should apologize for keeping you here for two years in order to teach you how to win souls to Christ. Far better had you spent five minutes in hell. Because then I wouldn't have to teach you how to be a soul winner. You would be a soul winner. Because you wouldn't want one person to go there. So the first thing is that hell is a place. The second thing is the purpose of hell. There's a reason for hell. It shows how much God hates sin and is angry with sin. It shows how much God hates sin, despite what everybody's telling you. It's okay. If it feels good, do it. Do what you want to do. And blah, 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 blah. God hates sin. God punishes sin. God, God hates it. He's angry with sin. And listen, there's two ways that God ultimately punishes sin. I mentioned them last week. The blood of Jesus and secondly, the fire of hell. That's the two ways he's going to punish sin. The blood of Jesus and the fire of hell. That's your, that's your, two, that's your two choices. I, I wish you could write something out of that like you want to do, but that's the two narrow choices. That's the narrow way. It's the blood of Jesus and the fires of hell. And I got bad news for you on the fire of hell. The fire of hell does not satisfy God's holy justice. And that's why it has to burn forever and forever and forever and forever and forever and the worm dieth not and it's outer darkness and it keeps going forever and ever because it never satisfies the justice of God against sin. But there is one thing that satisfies the justice of God against sin, Wayne, and it's nothing but the blood of Jesus. One drop of a sinless this Lamb of God satisfies this God forever. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. A retired minister, there was another minister preaching on hell a lot, and it was causing a lot of stirring up a lot of things. He was on the radio. And there were people were getting mad. He just he knew God had told him to preach on the subject, and he kept preaching on it. Station manager came to him and said, uh, "Man, you need to." He said, "If you don't stop, they're going to come after you." And, and uh, no, no, no. The preacher went to the station manager and said, "He said you better just cut me loose because he said God's making continuing to have me preach on the subject, and if I keep on, you're you're going to lose every bit of your audience." And the and the guy said. Uh, keep on. I don't care. Do what God tells you to do. So he kept on. One day, a, a retired minister called into the to the show where this guy was uh, was preaching. A retired minister, and here's what he said. He said, "I'm older than you. Let me give you a little bit of advice." He said, "It won't do a person a bit of good for God to let them go to hell." And the guy sat there for a few minutes. I think it was a, he wrote in, but he, 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 he said it back on the air a couple minutes. He said, I hope you're listening, the fellow that wrote this in. He said, you're absolutely right. He said, God, he said, God doesn't allow people to go to hell to do them good. He lets them go to hell to punish their sins. No, you need to hear that again. God doesn't allow people to go to hell to do them good. Hell is a place of punishment. 
Hell is a place where we are punished for our sins unless we accept the price, the free gift of God of eternal life through Jesus Christ, His Son. What can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. If you reject that, you're rejecting your own salvation. And the only thing left, the only punishment left for you is hell. And, and, and it will never satisfy the justice of God. But one drop of the sinless spot lamb of God will satisfy. So he lets them go to hell to punish their sins. That's why it exists. It's a place. It's a literal place. There's a purpose in hell. We, our sins are punished. We, our sins are punished. Those who reject payment for, for their sins are punished in an eternal lake of fire where there's weeping and gnashing of teeth. Number three, the people in hell. What would the people in hell be like? Well, here it is. The people in hell we see in this story pray. Yeah. The problem is it's too late. Billions and billions praying in hell right now, but it's, it's too late. Listen, we have the rich man who died that's now praying, and he's even praying the right prayer. Do you see what he's praying? It's what you ought to be praying today. Lord, have mercy on me. No, he's praying the right prayer. Dear God, have mercy. The problem is he's praying it at a time when it can't be answered. It's too late. Folks, if I were you and I wasn't in the right relationship with God, I would not be waiting till the altar call. I would not be waiting till this preacher gets through because you don't know if the Lord could come before then. I would be crying out right now, Dear God, have mercy on me. Dear God, have mercy on me. I don't deserve forgiveness. I'm a sinner in need of salvation. But oh God, if you would have mercy on me. He's praying this prayer that we should be praying right now. And in hell you'll be praying it. You, what, what you ought to pray now. What you ought to be praying now, you'll pray there one day. You'll ask for mercy. And, and, and they're praying for mercy in that place. But they're praying it too late. Now is the time to ask for mercy. Don't wait. The people in hell will also have their senses we see from this story. We see this in verse uh, 24. Send Lazarus to dip his tip of his finger in water because I'm tormented tormented in the agony of this flame. He has his senses. He feels. He has the senses there. I mean, he knows what's going on. He's thirsty. He's thirsting. He can feel the flame there. He can feel all of these things and he's saying, hey, hey. He sees all this and he feels. He sees. He hears. He tastes. He touches. All that's alive and well. And not only that, you will, you'll, you'll be conscious there. You don't get to just lay your head on your pillow and say, oh, I wish I'd die. I wish Dr. Kevorkian would come and put me to sleep like a dog and I'd just go into the earth and that would be it. Folks, that's not it. You're an eternal soul made in the image of God hallelujah they have their senses their conscience Lazarus meant nothing to the rich man while he was on earth he meant nothing he didn't even know that he, he could care two cents about Lazarus while he was on earth but that's not now that's all he can think about see you hate Christians some people hate Christians they hate us now. They persecute us now. But one day we'll be all that we, that'll be all they can think about. 
It'll be all they can think of. That's all he's thinking about. Now, Lazarus, Lazarus, hey, hey, Abraham, tell Lazarus. He didn't give him the time of the day. He wouldn't even give him a scrap off of his table. He didn't even look at him when he walked out his door. But now it's all he can think about in heaven. Folks, I'm telling you, one day you don't care about Christianity. You don't care about God. But one day you'll think about it. In hell, Lazarus meant everything. Lazarus is the person that he now thinks about. The rich man knew about Lazarus. The, Lazarus was not known on the earth. He, nobody cared about him, but now he's known. The people in hell will have their memories, the Bible says. They'll have, you'll have your memory. Oh, I wish you could erase this. Oh, I wish this would be one of the worst parts of hell. I wish you could take this part out of the Bible. Having your memory, remembering this day, remembering is one of the worst things that's going to be a, a, a torment in that place. Look at what he says. Listen to the words in verse 25. Remember that during your lifetime. Remember that raving loud preacher. Remember during your lifetime. You were given a chance of mercy. Remember, you heard the gospel. You were in America. You had internet. You heard it even when you sat in the comfort of your own home, washing dishes and doing other things. But you heard him screaming. You had Bibles. Remember. Remember. You'll have your member. Rem remember that during your lifetime, you received good things and Lazarus evil things, but now he is comforted and you are tormented. If only you didn't have your memory in hell. Because remember, God has warned you through conscience. That's what Romans tells us. That's what Romans 1, 18 uh, through 22. It tells us that God gave you a conscience and your conscience now leaves you without excuse. That's the hardest thing to get. That's what the blood of Jesus did for me, folks. That's what, it, what bulls and goats couldn't do in the sacrificial system. Now the blood of Jesus freed my conscience from all the evil things that I did in my life. Finally, I'm free. In my mind, I'm forgiven. What great, and here's a man that he has his memory and he remembers through conscience this thing. And here's, the, here's what we want to do as human beings. And this is what we do so much. The, that, that a person will deny what we need to believe. And when we deny what we need to believe, we start to believe what we want to believe. No, hear me. When a person doesn't want to, and we do, this is tolerance to the hilt in this nation. We have done this for a generation. This is why our kids are, this is, this is why they're so angry. This is, this is the school system is lying. The education, the, the university system, watch your news. It is so screwed up that it, it's so messed up right now that, that it is just out there. It is out there, and forgive me for saying that word, but, but it is messed up. It is messed up to the hilt. And, and, and remember that God it's out there through our consciences and he's, and he's, and he's dealing with us. But here we, we, the person will deny what he needs to believe and he'll start to believe what he wants to believe. They don't want the truth so they begin to believe what they want the truth. And that's where we came up with evolution. That's where we came up with abortion because here's what we really want to believe. We want to really believe when we get things like evolution we begin to say, oh good there is no God and if there's no God I can do what I want to do so if I don't want children I can use that as birth control right 
If I believe in evolution, I don't have to answer to God and I can, I can, I can do whatever I want to do. I don't have to believe that there's a heaven and I don't have to believe that there's a hell. And, and we eat up this, this thing. We d- dismiss uh, the, the idea of God. But here's the thing. I got news for you. Because we have our memory in hell, you won't be able to dismiss the truth anymore. You won't be able to dismiss. You'll have your full memory there and there will be no living in denial. You'll have full consciousness. You'll have full memory. There will be no living and ducking your head in the sand. There will be no more denial. And the fourth thing is the permanence of hell. The permanence of hell. Look at verse 26. He said, besides all this. And besides all of this. As if that all that I just told you wasn't bad enough. If that wasn't bad enough, Jesus is saying, the the horrors of what I just told you. Besides all of this, there is a great chasm that has been fixed between you and us. In other words, you can never get out of hell. There is no getting out. There is no people coming to you. Are you coming out? It is is telling us there that it's a place where this chasm is fixed between you and and, and us. And you can never come out. No one can ever go to you. And the Bible says, again, I wish this were not true. I think if it were left up to me, I I wouldn't create this. Right? I mean, we feel as though we wouldn't create it. I'm glad I'm not God because I'm not wise enough and I'm not smart enough and I probably would allow things and then we'd have evil running amok. But I'm telling you, the what? I probably would not create this. But here's the deal. Paul said that we are ambassadors for Christ. And an ambassador simply means this. An ambassador for his country doesn't always understand everything that the government stands for, but he upholds what the government wants. And so that's why I'm preaching this message today. Because I'm upholding what the kingdom of heaven wants. And what our great governor and our great king tells us is the truth and the word of God. And I'm just his ambassador. And I don't have to understand everything or have it all figured out. But I can tell you what he says is real and what he says is truthful. And so I'm delivering it to you today and getting the blood off of my hands. I'm being a good ambassador standing up here to tell you that hell lasts forever. It lasts forever. It has a permanence. And so the question becomes, who's warned you to flee the wrath of God? Has anybody warned you? Did your mom or your dad warn you to flee the wrath to come? Did your parents tell you about the gospel? Or did they fail you? Did your parents warn you about the wrath of God? Did your teacher warn you about the wrath of God to come? Did the policeman, did the fireman, did, did, did who, who, did, maybe the preacher didn't. Who has warned you to flee the wrath to come? Did your Sunday school teacher, did, who, 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 is, who has brought this message? Has anybody, it's the first message of the New Testament. The first message of the New Testament. Read it for yourself. You come to the very first message in it, and it is John the Baptist in Matthew 3, 7, and his opening words was, Who has warned you to flee the wrath to come? The wrath of God is revealed against humanity because of sin. Flee to safety. 
Run for your life. Get to the ark of safety. Get to a place of rescue. That's what it's saying. Who has warned you in the gospel of Jesus Christ to flee? Flee hell and enter heaven. Enter the way. Who has warned you to do that? Because, because uh, John is doing that because he's not making up the concept of hell. He knows that hell exists and he's warning them, flee this. Flee what awaits you. Flee what is out there. Make sure that you're right. I'm making the way right for, for God to come. God is going to show up on this earth and He's going to pay the penalty for our sin. And I'm preparing the way and I'm warning you to flee the lifestyles and what you're doing and repent of that and cling to Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. And we warn from this pulpit regularly. For years. And we'll continue to warn. Amen. So the place of hell. The purpose of hell. The place is real. The purpose is to punish. Punish sin. Punish wickedness. The, the people there will be praying. They have a conscience. They have memory. They're there. They think, well, it'll be a big party. All my buddies will be there. No, i got news for you. It will feel as though you're all alone. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And then the proof of hell, lastly. You want proof? It's right here. This is the only proof you're going to get. Look at Luke 16. The man realizes he's not going to get out. And he had a request. Look at what he says. Father, he said, then I beg you to send him to my father's house because I have five brothers to warn them. Who has warned you of the, of the wrath to come? This man's begging now, go warn them. Go warn them. Go warn my brothers. I have five brothers to warn them so that they won't come to this place of torment. But Abraham said, they have Moses and they have the prophets. And that's just a way of saying they have the Bible. So just read it. Just read the Bible. They, they should listen to them. They should listen to this. No, Father Abraham, he said, they don't believe this, but if someone from the dead goes to them, they will repent. But he told them, if they don't listen to Moses and the prophets, they will not be persuaded, even if somebody rises from the dead. Would you like the proof uh, of hell? It's God's word. That's the only proof that he gives. Listen to what he says in Psalms 138 and 2. In the Hebrew, it says, you have magnified your word above all your name. You have magnified magnified your word above all your name. You have magnified your word above all your name. That's why we're trying to encourage you. Get in this book and read it for yourself. It is the word of God. It is the truth of God. It is absolute truth. And he's magnified it above his own name. A couple of more interesting things. The man in hell is nameless. He's just known as a rich man. Oh, he was known here. Oh, he was the man. Right? Oh, he was it. I'm sure when he died, and it says even, it doesn't even say that there's a burial for the poor man. But it says this man has a burial. 
Oh, I'm sure if he was in London, he was at Westminster Abbey. I'm sure he was in New York, he was at St. Patrick's Cathedral. And I'm sure there were hearses and, and there were limousines and there was fair. And I'm sure that they made the papers. And I'm sure that he was talked about for days after that, this man. But now in hell, he is nameless. Nobody knows him there. And, and, and yet, the man who was not known here... Lazarus, the rich, the, the, the poor man, just wanted the dogs to lick his sores and just begging for something, a scrap to fall off the rich man's table. All of a sudden, the Bible says he dies. And the Bible says that all of a sudden, he looks and coming towards him is this angel. There, there's angels come, these angelic escorts. And he thinks, what is, what is going on here? Where are they going? And he thinks they're going to pass him by. And they say, no, we're coming for you. And the man is just blown away. And they escort him, the Bible says, into this new place called paradise. This new place called heaven there. And now he has a name there because his name was written in the Lamb's book of life. And I'm telling you something. It doesn't matter if you can cast out demons, cast out devils, live here richly, live here scrumptiously. But I can tell you something. What does matter, Jesus says, is if your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. Of life. That's what really matters. If you're known in the Lamb's book of life, I'll confess you before my Father in heaven and you will be known. Amen? You will be known there. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. There's an old song that goes like this, an old hymn. Maybe you remember it. Is my name written there. It says, Lord, I care not for riches, neither silver or gold. I would make sure of heaven. I would enter the fold. In the book of thy kingdom with its pages so fair, tell me, Jesus, my Savior, is my name written there? Is my name written there on the page wide and fair? In the book of thy kingdom, is my name written there? And I want to make sure your name is written in there. You don't have to go to hell. That's the whole gist of this message today. Is not one person in this room has to go to hell. It's appointed unto man once to die, and after that, the judgment. And there's two destinies that await. And God has paid the price Himself to get you the get out of jail card. And as we said a couple of weeks ago, that judge is looking and made a way for you to settle out of court now. You can either wait till that day and you can argue your case yourself or you can settle out of court and have Jesus be your advocate and your lawyer.